The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thank you again for joining us here on Winning Ponies. I hope the uh, opening uh, 12 days of the new year have been good to you. I know it hasn't been good to some of the racetracks in North America. Weather-wise, we'll get to the weather report in just a minute. Uh, Just want to let you know who's up to bat. Well, one of my favorite uh, sites is the Pollock Report, and uh, the founder, Ray Pollock, will be with us. Of course, uh, he's pretty much... uh, been there, done that. The uh, editorial director and editor in chief of the Blood Horse back in its 1992 to 2007. Uh, he worked for uh, Jimmy the Greek in Chicago. That was one of his earliest associations with racing. He was a ghostwriter uh, for for Jimmy and uh, raised down where there's going to be a lot of action in the next uh, two weeks, and that is Gulfstream Park. Of course, you know, we've got the Eclipse Awards coming up next week, followed by the $12 million Pegasus. Still some spots to be filled there. Pretty dicey investment for a million dollars. So Ray's going to be on with us. Uh, He's got to be feeling like a proud papa. Uh, He had not one, but two of his writers that will be accepting Eclipse Awards. Uh, One is Natalie Voss, who will be uh, hopefully with us next week after she gets back from Australia, and uh, John Scheiman. So we'll find a little bit about how they got associated with Ray uh, at the uh, Pollock Report, and certainly uh, I'm sure he's beaming pride. And then a, a gentleman who one year ago we were talking to and congratulating him on getting the job at Oaklawn Park, and he's no longer there, of course. It's our friends, the mellow fellow, the round mound of sound, the voice of Gulfstream Park, Pete I-L-O. Pete's a heck of a handicapper. Met him first uh, out at the University of Arizona where he graduated with the racetrack program. Got to work for, with him for a couple of years at, uh, at River Downs, uh, but uh, he's really going to have a lot on his plate leading up to the Pegasus. And that's where the three best graded races on Saturday are going to be. So uh, we're going to look at the Marshawas River, then the Hales Hope, and uh, rounded out with the grade two Fort Lauderdale. Boy, is there some talent in there. So our guests, Ray Pollock and Pete Aiello. Until then, 
let's get on to some of the news of the week. Uh, starting out with some of the hits we had with our easy win forms. Just go to winningponies.com and check them out. Give them a sample if you haven't. Uh, if you had and you're, you're doing well, write us and let us know how you're doing. Well, pretty much as you know, we cover the races from coast to coast and hope you're with us on lucky January 7th at Gulfstream, a $1 super key paying $7,003.60. Down where it's been a little bit cold, 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 they had some cancellations at Turfway Park, a $1 Super 5 key for $4,657. And then we'll get a little warm and go to Tampa Bay Downs on January 6th, the $1 Super paying $3,004. And over at Gulfstream, where I hope you'll pick up our easy wind forms for this weekend with all this great action, a $1 Super 5 paid $2,700 and $61. So um, we will be concentrating on the Gulfstream races. Also, though, on Saturday, there is the Santa Anita, the La Canada Stakes, $200,000 will be on the line there. Again, that's on Saturday. Um, Aqueduct uh, has the uh, Jazeel Stakes. And let's not forget the opening of Oak Lawn Park. That's right. Uh, They're going to be kicking it off with a Smarty Jones on Monday, Martin Luther King Day, uh, starting out their road to the Kentucky Derby Series. Well, Speaking about the Pegasus World Cup, looks like we do have a new entrant. The horse's name is Breaking Lucky. They put together a new partnership uh, with uh, uh, Gunpowder Farms and West Point Thoroughbreds. Uh, Breaking Lucky will be going in the gate. Uh, They're saying that uh, they like the Ontario bread. He's out of the Sky Classic Mare shooting party. Now, uh, Breaking Lucky won the Seagram Cup Stakes at Woodbine last August and captured the prestigious Prince of Wales Stakes in 2015. So he has won three of 16 starts for earnings of $612,370. All right, let's see what has been shaking out. Again, the field not full, but in alphabetical order, uh, we have uh, Judmont Farms Arrowgate, uh, the Breaking Lucky, as we just said, will be uh, going. Then, of course, champion and derby winner California Chrome will be in the gate. Then you have uh, Jim McInvale, Mattress Max, brought in Fragan up from the Southern Hemisphere. And then the always hard-knocking Keen Ice for Donegal Racing, Starlight Stables Neolithic, Redham's Racing's Semper Fortis, and then we've got Shaman Ghost representing Stronach Stables, and... Ron Paolucci, Luch Racing Stables, War Story. Again, that's uh, the horses so far. So uh, right now there are some stakes holders that do not have a horse up until yesterday, and I haven't seen any new ones shake out today, and that's Rose Down Racing Stables, Ruiz Racing, and partners Mustafa Fustak. Earl Mack and Chester Broman Sr. So it'll be interesting to see who fills those slots uh, over the, uh, the days ahead. Well, uh, if we get a chance, we'll go back and, and review the uh, Eclipse Awards horses. We gave them out to you last week, and if you follow this game, you've probably found out who's in each division. Well, I know if you went to play the horses today, it's Santa Anita Parker was looking for them on television near you. Heavy rains forced the track to cancel 
the Thursday card. So there was no eight race program. They say the most recent storm is scheduled to move out later this evening, so they should be back. Um, now they've notified the horsemen that there will be substitute races coming up. So first time tomorrow at Santa Ana post 1 p.m., while on Saturday, Sunday, and Martin Luther King Day, post time at Santa Anita, moving it up to 12.30. Well, uh, we mentioned uh, a year ago today, we were talking with Pete Aiello, how excited he was to be the new announcer at Oaklawn. Well, I guess we could be having the same conversation with Vic Stauffer. So he is going to pick it up. Vic's uh, quite the renaissance man. He's done a lot of things in, in racing. Uh, was there 20 years ago as a jockey agent and found out that his jack had lost the, <laughs> the mounts on the largest barn yeah Vic thought it was going to be a nice ride but he's back 20 years later and he plans to stay at least until uh, mid-April of course Oaklawn's uh, 50 say 50 day season begins tomorrow so always a great place if you haven't been there Oaklawn is a very cool place uh, to go to the races so uh, he, he did uh, he did call some races uh, getting ready for it at, at Fresno just to kind of knock off some of the rust he said of course uh, he's he's called some big time races uh, in his day and uh, he's won two Eclipse Awards for radio broadcasting uh, so he's really looking forward to his uh, days at Oaklawn and I'm going to have to put him down as a guy that uh, we definitely uh, want to get on on the show so Vic um, Stoffer, congratulations and best of luck at Hot Springs, a great little town. Okay, as you know, uh, you haven't seen any fairgrounds horses showing up at a racetrack near you because horses continue to test for EHV1. And sad to say there were just two more that were tested positive. So they've been dealing with this outbreak since the day after Christmas. And ever since then, there's been a quarantine. It's actually uh, hurt several of the sales because uh, some of the horses were going to ship from there to the sales, but they're not able to uh, to leave the grounds. So uh, hope everything gets cleared up and it doesn't spread to anywhere. Um, Masochistic, we talked about this last week, uh, that he was being DQ'd uh, from his second place finish in the Grade 1 Breeders' Cup Sprint. But after looking at it, they're going to come down pretty hard on him. It looks like uh, Ron Ellis and Masochistic will not be able to participate in any of the Breeders' Cup races in 2017. It's too bad because Ron Ellis, anybody you talk to will tell you that that, that he's a great guy. And I, I think he said it all when he said, I've always played this game by the rules. And we did that in this instance. Uh, he said, I'm very proud of my medication history, which includes no suspensions in 35 years and only one minor infraction, which was a uh, banamine in the last 10. He apologized to the Breeders' Cup, so uh, hopefully he was one of the good guys in the sport. He can get back sooner than later. Well, it looks like uh, California Chrome shipped well from the West Coast and got in his first Florida gallop. And Alan Sherman, who's been a guest on the show before, says he galloped absolutely great. So uh, Art Sherman, his dad, is going to be showing up, I believe, this week. And uh, he'll be uh, having at least two local works prior to the Pegasus. So uh, he's going to try to see if he can work out a deal like he did at Los Al and maybe get on the track by himself. We'll see if uh, Gulfstream Park can accommodate that. Now, uh, Arrogate, he worked for the Pegasus uh, 
World Cup, uh, looking awful good late morning on January 8th. One eleven and four for six furlongs, but the main thing was is that he actually went around the track almost a full mile uh, in a very good gallop. And uh, Baffert just very very happy uh, with the way that that he is leading up to the Pegasus. So again, they're the top two of the horses I mentioned that are going to be uh, in that field. Also uh, mentioning the weather, uh, both the uh, ladies handicap. Uh, and the Ruthless Stakes were canceled in New York last weekend, and uh, they will be entered again. Um, the race was redrawn on Sunday, so uh, you will be getting those stakes back. And congratulations to Miguel Menya, who was voted Jockey of the Week. On Friday, he won four races by a combined 25 lengths at the fairgrounds. Uh, it's very um, impressive. In just 25 starts, his win rate was 40 8%. Unbelievable. So congrats to them. Let's take a quick look at some of the races uh, we looked at with top handicapper uh, Joe Applebaum out at Santa Anita. And boy, we got derby points in the sham. What a race this was. Uh, these now turned three-year-olds were asked to go a mile. And, uh, you know, we did get the uh, heads up that it was probably going to be bad weather. And as we know, that has continued as uh Today's card was canceled. Anyhow, the track was sloppy. It was a mile. This was a two-horse race the whole way. Mike Smith, who was coming out of a huge debut on Bob Baffert's American Anthem, took the lead. But Victor Espinoza aboard Gormley never let him get by, I mean, get too far away. And just when it counted at the 16th pole, Gormley did edge alongside him and just got up by a nose. So uh, I expect American Anthem is going to get uh, a lot of uh, points, not only on the Derby Trail, but uh, for his effort in there, first time going long. But Gormley looks to be one of the better three-year-olds right now. So uh, it was pretty much uh, those two horses. A big hit at 11-1 to 1 was pretty far back. And then in the sloppy San Gabriel, it was supposed to go on the turf. It did not, but perfectly rated on the rail was Blue Tone, a six to one shot, ridden by Kent DeSormo for RB Hess. And it was just beautiful. He was headed briefly in the lane, got roused up and pulled away. In the second spot was It's in the Post, a French bred horse. So that's a look at two of the bigger races we handicapped. Last week, we're going to be handicapping Gulfstream Park later in the show, but right now, one of our most popular guests and a guy that runs one of the most popular websites in the world, the Pollock Report, Ray Pollock's going to be with us. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? 
you can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, a man that's no stranger to winning ponies. Uh, luckily, he's always gracious enough to come on the show when I ask him. I've already uh, read his resume at the top of the show. His name is Ray Pollock, of course, the creator and the mind uh, behind the Pollock Report, an extremely popular and ever kind of growing and changing site. It seems like uh, every couple of weeks I go on, uh, something new catches my eye on it that they've done to just kind of jazz it up a bit. Ray, how are you doing? I understand you're down in beautiful Florida. I am. Uh, I, I escaped the uh, nearly zero temperatures of Kentucky over the weekend and came down here. And then I found out today it's almost 50 up there. So I'm not sure why I left. It's just, no, it's nice to be down here. There's a lot going on in Florida over the next uh, couple months, really. I mean, we start with the Eclipse Awards, and then you've got the Pegasus. Uh, and Florida has become really the definitive road to the Kentucky Derby, so I get to see all of the three-year-olds in the Holy Bowl and Fountain of Youth and then the Florida Derby before I head back north. Yeah, it really is. Uh, there's, there's a lot happening uh, uh, down there. As a matter of fact, on Saturday, it's got the most amount of graded stakes races of uh, any track in the country. Well, I said at the top of the show, and I'm sure these are your feelings, you got you got to feel like a proud papa uh, as far as uh, – the uh, ventures of Natalie Voss and, and John Scheiman and certainly the, the attention that they, they brought to your site. Let's, let, let's go back to your acquisition of these two soon-to-be Eclipse Award winners, even though John has won one before. Well, Natalie um, was, when she was still a student at the University of Kentucky, um, we put out some feelers with uh, the equine department and said that we were looking for some interns because Brad Cummings and I were tired of working 18 hours a day ourselves. So, um, we, we found an intern in Natalie Voss and, um, she was, you know, she was eager and wanted to learn the industry. She came to Kentucky from Virginia and, um, you know, she was, she was, she was, she was good. Um, she was very helpful at the time. 
And as the site grew, um, and after she graduated from college, she got back in touch with us and said, hey, I, I, I enjoyed what I did when I interned with you guys. Do you have any full-time openings? And, um, you know, as you said, we're growing. We started out with, with just Brad Cummings and I in 2008, and um, we added Scott Jagow a few years later, Mary Schweitzer, uh, maybe a year after that, and and we were at a point where we could, um, you know, add another employee. And so Natalie joined the team. I I don't know the exact year, but uh, she came in um, and has really is it, it just is it, one of the most exciting writers that I've ever worked with uh, in terms of having a passion for the. Uh, for the for the thoroughbred industry, she's a horse person herself. She rides, and so a lot of what she writes, uh, she covers regulatory issues and and veterinary topics. And the the story that she won the Eclipse Award for was uh, a safety issue involving um, tra- traumatic brain injury in jockeys. And she she does it all for the right reasons because she has this passion for it. And uh, I think when you Whenever you go after something, and you're, you're, you know, you're driven um, by all, by you know, by um, an interest in learning and an interest in in passing on what you've learned, and 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 then uh, an interest in getting the industry to understand that they need to change in certain ways. Um, that kind of a writer is, is just golden, and and that's you know that's the way she's she's been on a variety of topics. Uh, she she wants to make the industry better, and we let her loose on a lot of important stories that we think are are um, vital to a, a you know a, a, a racing and breeding industry that's accepted and popular with the American public. Well, that's uh, certainly proven out to uh, uh, to be. If you go on the Pollock Report today and get to read uh, Natalie on her Magic Millions sale, if you haven't heard of it, it's because it's down in Queensland, Australia. And it's kind of interesting, some of the things she brought to light about the differences of the way that they approach a horse sale while there's some sameness, uh, particularly the, the whole uh, social environment. It's like uh, that the horses are paraded in a much larger arena than our small rings here in America. And uh, people are there at tables having drinks and bidding on the horses. They say it actually makes for some live bidding because you can actually look at the guy you're bidding against across the room. So I advise that people go to check out uh, the Magic Million story on the Pollock Report uh, this week. Now, um, John uh, Scheinman, if I'm saying that correct, uh, he had won an Eclipse Award in the past. And uh, how did he get involved with the Pollock Report? Well, John won a piece, uh, won for a piece in the Blood Horse, uh, bloodhorse.com, I think three years ago on Maryland legendary trainer Dickie Small. And John and I and Brad had worked together at Oaklawn Park. He came down and helped us do some, some video work and some stories uh, when we made a trip to Oaklawn Park. Uh, again, I'm terrible on, on years, but it's probably been four years ago or five years ago. And and John called me up out of the blue and said, "Hey, I've got a story I want to write about Andy Byer. Uh, Andy very quietly retired uh, from writing for the for the Washington Post and for the most part from writing for the Daily Racing Forum. His speed figure business uh, is carrying on." He said, "But but 
people don't really appreciate what Andy has done, not only for the business, but as you know, with his, you know, with the, with the uh, evaluation of horse performances with the buyer speed figures, but as a journalist. And John wanted to tell the story of Andy, the the Washington Post journalist, you know, working uh, at the same paper that employed Woodward and Bernstein and so many other great writers. Andy, you know, had to live up to the same standards covering instead of covering presidential politics, covering uh, horse racing. And Andy did it in a, in a very unique way, um, both as a handicapper and as, an, and as a reporter. And I thought John told the story really well. And as soon as he, you know, I mean, I basically he had me at, at high ray um, because <laughs> uh, it's, it's kind of one of those stories that I thought needed to be told. And I was really... Uh, honored that he called up and said, I really want this story to run the Pollock Report because Andy represented independent journalism, and I think you represent independent journalism, and I took that as a, a great compliment. Well, it's also uh, great that it's been, uh, you know, recognized uh, uh on a national level, uh, that uh, Andy, uh, along with Stephen Chris, will receive the Eclipse Award of Merit. So uh, you'll get to rub shoulders with those guys before the month is out. Now, uh, Ray, like I said, you know, I've been uh, with your uh, Pollock Report since its inception, and like I said, it continues to grow, and it's really uh, there's nice eye candy there and everything. Uh, one thing I really like, just depending on what my interest is uh, for that moment is that that format change where you put the biz people and racing so people can go to whatever mm-hmm. subject matter they want to get an update on rather quickly and i have to admit that story on the british ex jockey who led the police on a manhunt dressed up like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> and the picture of him sitting there in the Where's Waldo, uh, Where's Waldo outfit reading the paper was great. I mean, does this stuff just fall in your lap or you got people going 24 hours? Because I notice you really do a lot of international reporting. Well, we, we, we try, we, we kind of live by the mantra that um, we don't take ourselves too seriously and and we, we like to have fun with some of the news coverage that we do. And, you know, like there's there's that story about J.J. McMenamin, who's the ex-jockey who, who, I guess, failed to go to a court date. And the police went after him. And, and you know, as you said, he was dressed up in red and white, like, like where's Waldo? And for days, he kept posting these things on social media. And we just thought it was a terrific story. And so we'll pick up stories from around the world and just do rewrites on them and link to the original content. There's another story out of New Zealand we picked up, I guess, uh, yesterday. About you a haven't won, son. Who, uh, yeah, you haven't won, son. A jockey who, it was, a, it was kind of, I don't want to call it a bull ring track, but it was a smaller than usual track, and they had to go around twice, maybe three times. Um, it was like a 2,600-meter race, so that's, that's more than a mile and a half. And... And as the, as they came down the stretch, I guess the second time, this one jockey is just whipping and driving, and he's opening up a you know a secretariat like lead, and the the track announcer is saying, "Gee, I hope he hasn't misjudged the you know the finish line here." And sure enough, he got to the finish and stood up and celebrated the win, and and the commentator said, "You haven't won, son." And and uh, the rest of the field went by him, and he regathered himself and finished fourth. So we look for those kind of stories. With you know, with Google and with RSS feeds and all that, you can you can find anything anywhere, and 
Um, we just like to highlight the, the offbeat stuff and the fun stuff that's out there in racing because if you, you know, if you take the sport too seriously all the time, it, it just takes the fun out of it. Yeah, I, I had the chance uh, years ago uh, on closing day at River Downs, they would always have like a two and three quarter mile marathon on the grass and uh, they, they should have had ring girls, you know, holding up signs telling guys how, how many times they, they had to go around. There's two things that were fun to watch. Number one, all the fans that throw their tickets down and start walking away from the rail. And all of a sudden, they're wondering, why is this guy still calling a race? And, and you can see from the press box, they go back and they're scrambling to find their tickets because there's another one. But I remember, I'll leave the jockey's name out of there because he's a friend of mine. But anyhow, he's feeling so good. He just like this jock. He's pulling away and he's on top by 10 or whatever, crosses the line, stands up, starts waving his whip. I think it might have been the last race of the season. And I've got a photo of him at a 45 degree angle. And behind him is a jockey who's laughing at him because just like the thing, <laughs> New Zealand, the whole yeah. field, you know, uh-huh. he's just pulling his horse up around the turn. And meanwhile, like eight more horses go by him. And the poor guy sat down, started riding again and again. I think he finished fourth and ended up, I think he got a $500 fine and maybe a day or two. Was, obviously, there wasn't, uh, he wasn't in cahoots with anybody because he was more embarrassed than anything. He says, that was the longest walk I ever made back to a jack's room because I knew what was waiting for me. So, yeah, it, it is good to bring the sunny side of life into the game. And I'm, I'm glad you, glad you guys do that well um anything new coming up in the pollock report i don't know if you could do anything new you just keep uh, adding you know the the pollock report stable your your weekly features uh you've got ask ray obviously you're probably going to have a whole uh section uh, and do uh, dedicated to the pegasus world cup i, I don't know yeah. what much more you could do and that was a, the funny go between you guys with uh with connor mcgregor talking about keeping things light in the sport uh you're doing a great job i don't know what you could do to enhance it well, um, I think you know Scott Jago, who who, who uh, was our was our first uh, you know full time employee after Brad and I, and Brad yeah. has since gone on to bigger and better things with a with a product he calls Equilottery, which is a, a horse racing lottery game. But Scott came to us uh, through the University of Louisville Business School, and before that worked for uh, American Public Radio, which produced uh, market. Place uh, the business show that's on a lot of NPR stations. So he's got yes. great skills in radio, and he worked for NBC News for a while too. So Scott is going to be introducing um, a podcast, and I think we're, geez, I think we're doing it once every two weeks, or maybe it's once a month. But they're, they're not going to be, uh, they're they're going to be podcasts that are kind of storyteller uh, podcasts. And you know, our our pilot was with Chris McCarron, and and basically talking about Chris's career from, you know, from the early days, uh, in Maryland to, to his, you know, to his Derby wins and, uh, great years in California and then founding the jockey school. So we're looking to tell, uh, stories in a, you know, a 45 minute podcast that, that we hope is, uh, something that, that people enjoy. And, you know, um, that's a part of, that's a part of, uh, uh, you know, the new digital era that people, I think, are really embracing right now. 
It is because you don't have to be tuned in at a specific time. If I'm driving back from the track, I know that I can get home and either tonight or tomorrow morning over a bowl of Cheerios, pull it down and still get the same information. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely correct, Ray. Well, listen, man, have a great time in the weeks ahead down there uh, in the Sunshine State. Uh, You've got a lot going on. Uh, Enjoy yourself and have a great time at all the events. And and, and again, congratulations uh, uh, to Natalie and John. I hope to get Natalie on the show soon when she gets back from Australia. If you call her right now, it's only, uh, what is it? Well, it's almost noon down there right now. And uh, you give her a call right now, see if if she's awake. (laughs) I think I'm going to give Pete Aiello a call at Gulfstream Park. If you go there, you'll be hearing his tones coming over the uh, announcer system. Thanks a lot. That was Ray Paul. All right, we'll see you. Ray, uh, creator. Always good to talk to you, Ray. All right, we're going to take a little bit of a break and get back with the mellow fellow Pete Aiello, the voice of Gulfstream Park. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with us, no stranger to winning ponies, and uh, we'll probably be with him as the Derby Trail continues, and that's none other uh, than Pete Aiello. You may know him as a race caller, but I worked alongside Pete for a couple of years, and he's also one heck of a handicapper. First met him out at the uh, Arizona Racetrack Industry Program, so we go back a ways. I did read his resume at the top of the show, so uh, with no further ado, Pete Aiello, how are you? I'm doing great, John. I hope the uh, weather is as good everywhere else as it is here. I say that tongue-in-cheek because it's a beautiful evening in South Florida. 
Well, uh, you know, that was one of the first questions I was going to ask you about before we have conversation. Uh, just uh, concerning later in the show, the races we're going to handicap. Two of the three are scheduled to go on the turf. How's the extended forecast for the weekend? There's always rain in the area somewhere. It's just a matter of where it's going to fall and how heavy it's going to be. So um, we had a little rain today, but it didn't impact the racing at all, either on the turf or the dirt. So I would say as far as I would say to that, just stay tuned. Okay. Well, uh, the other thing we're staying tuned to is the Pegasus World Cup field. I see that you got a top horse uh, out of Canada uh, just within the last 24 hours, uh, but there's still several stakeholders without a horse um you're down there you're listening well what are you hearing about the other horses that uh, may potentially fill the the starting gate for this great race well i think a lot of people are still taking the wait and see approach and we're scheduled to draw the race actually the monday before so uh, right after the eclipse awards we're going to have the eclipse awards the sunshine millions and the pegasus draw all within a three-day time frame so That'll be really exciting, but uh, I'm certainly keeping my ear to the ground because the quicker I know the field, the more likely I am to not make a mistake when it comes time to call the race. Um, So I'm excited for it. I think we're all excited for it. California Chrome is actually going to be out here uh, working in coordination with our breakfast at Gulfstream on Saturday morning. So that'll be super exciting. If you happen to be listening to this telecast or podcast and you're in the South Florida area, make sure you get here about 7 o'clock. 715 it's absolutely free and you can you can see california chrome in the flesh before the world cup i was going to ask you pete now that you're 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 down there in the bigs uh you know i just look at you know some of the horsemen that are going to be running down there on a regular basis i mean uh do you get a chance to uh uh, get out of bed and 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 catch the works uh, and see the likes of uh you know todd pletcher uh watching his uh steeds go through their morning routine well the problem with that is is south florida traffic is just so bad that you'd almost have to get here at sunrise to 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 be able to make it from where i live to to gulfstream for the for the track uh, for for workouts but um i was actually out, out at breakfast at gulfstream last week so i did get this a chance to see some of that but one of the cool things about my job here at gulfstream is is that part of my morning routine each and every day is that i hang in the jocks room for about an hour so I do get to see a lot of the jockeys and have conversations with them on a regular basis. And, you know, that's really exciting when you got, you know, for example, Javier Castellano walks into the talk room today and the very first thing he says is, hey, Pete. So, you know, that's uh, that's a surreal experience and one of the best in the business not only knows your name, but is actually excited to see you. Yeah, you're a long way from Kansas, you know, <laughs> when, when when that's happening, and there's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, you, you look at the colony down there, and uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's fantastic. And uh, there's also, you know, the up-and-comers like uh, uh, Tyler Gaffioni that you told me about a while ago. Uh, <clears throat> it's got to be, it's got to be pretty exciting for you for sure. And hey, how about uh, give me your read on uh, somebody that's going to be sitting in one of your old chairs, Vic Stauffer at Oaklawn Park. Yeah, well, first of all, I wanted to say how, how, how funny that was you just brought Tyler up because I was actually going to make that comment. I do it every time I'm on this show, but it's that's that a situation like Tyler is what really is exciting because I was there for his very first winter, and I was actually talking to another jockey now, Nick Juarez, who's been riding out of his mind here the last couple of weeks, 
and we were both reminiscing over the fact that, uh, you know, how great it is both as a jockey or as an announcer to go back and look at your very first race call or very first ride or very first win and then to just see the ascent up the ladder and that's that's something i really enjoy and uh i talk to tyler almost every day because it's just a, kind of a kindred spirit connection there that that is great i remember uh, i had the same association with a young guy by the name of rodney dickens who sadly was uh was uh, killed in a, in a riding incident years ago but it was cool watching this kid come up because you knew he was going to be something special it's just a shame he was he was taken from us uh, as, as as quick as as he was but uh nonetheless let's move towards some more positive things and uh, that would be uh taking a look at some of the card. Can you give our listeners any ins and outs about things, trends that you've seen either on the turf course or the main track, whether it be dry or wet? Is there any kind of edge you see in um, the bias? Well, a couple couple of things, not so much on the turf course. The rail setting, this is one thing that I think I said the last time I got to come on this uh, program, and I'll say it every time. You have to pay attention to the rail settings at Gulfstream Park because – the turf course at Gulfstream is the old main track, so it's very, very wide. And in essence, we have three different courses that we run on on a regular basis. The reason why that is relevant is twofold. Number one, you have significant differences in the run-ups uh, on those different races, on those different configurations. So that factors in big time with the fractional times, where five furlongs on the inner course the opening quarter will routinely be very, very fast, and five furlongs on the outer course, the opening quarter will be routinely very, very slow. Um, the other thing about that is, is that if you're down on the inside portion of the surf course, in my opinion, this is just only from what I've seen, but in my opinion, the speed carries a lot better on the inner course than it does on the outer course, which may seem counterintuitive to a lot of the folks who watch and wager on Churchill on a regular basis because it's pretty well known when the rail goes out, the speed holds up. At Gulfstream, it's the opposite. The farther inside that you are, the better chance you have of going all the way. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, um, I'll tell you what, I think we can squeeze uh, one of your graded stakes races. You lead the country on Saturday in number of graded stakes races. Uh, Let's uh, try to go with, I hope the weather's good, a mile and a 16th on the turf in the grade three Marshall's River, and again, I, I brought his name up earlier, and it looks like Todd Pletcher holds a heavy hand in here with a duo. Yeah, he does. Isabella Sings and Sandiva are his two entrants, and uh, I, I'm actually against Isabella Sings in this race because I just feel like there has to be some other speed to keep her honest. And last time out at Coldstream Park West, she was racing on a significantly biased race course. The turf course at Coldstream Park West late in the meet was a conveyor belt, a paved highway, or anything else analogous to that that you want to call it. And she took the spoils of that as she won the grade three My Charmer and did it in gate-to-wire fashion. Of the two Pletchers, I much prefer Sandiva. She was a good second when making her Gulfstream return last time out. She should have needed that race. She'll be better now, and Castellano has the return call. All of that said, John, I actually like the four in this race, Elusive Million, and I think she'll be a decent number. She comes off a race where she ran deceptively well. It was her first start since August. It was her first start in the barn of Pat Biancone. It was her first start going seven and a half furlongs. A lot of firsts there, and there was an uh, old handicapper in the Cincinnati area who used to always preach that you never bet on a horse to do something that they've never done before. I've that heard that. That sounds familiar. <laughs> uh, I said, yeah, you know, I, I, I remember those days in Cincinnati. And so Elusive Million is now doing something that she 
has done before, which is take on graded stakes horses. She is doing something she has done before, which is race over the Gulfstream Park turf. And she's making her second start of the form cycle for a guy who's going to be better with the second start off the layoff than the first start of Pat Biancone. I see a lot of upside with Elusive Million. Yeah, I was surprised to see that uh, 17 starts out of the Beacon Barn and uh, still hunting for his first winner. But uh, y- you make a good point. It, lo- it looks like this horse is uh, definitely uh, ready for some upside. Uh, Julie Le Peru, who just missed by that half length uh, last time out, uh, will be aboard uh, this Irish bred. So uh, uh, kind of a, sad to say uh, one of the shorter uh, fields in the graded stakes races, uh, but competitive nonetheless. Um, I, I, I'm really a Again, even though they're stablemates and, uh, you know, they have both won over half a million, I, I kind of like Sandiva, particularly that, uh, you know, Isabella Sings is at 9-5 to five and Sandiva, morning line, I believe is listed at 3-1. to one. But boy, what a horse for a course down there at Gulfstream. Six starts, three wins, two seconds, and a third for winnings of over 325000 uh, As much as don't bet on a horse to do something it hasn't done, you do like horses that like the hometown course. And I really think that that seven and a half furlong race, even though it was a hundred grander, he only missed by a neck, may have been a prep for the Marshawas River. I think you're exactly right. She's the defending champion in this race as well. She won last year's Marshawas River. And like I said, she had to need that last race. So I think it's handicapping 101. She'll be better this time than she was last time. And she doesn't need to be much better to win the race. No, she doesn't. Well, uh, we're uh, speaking with uh, Pete Aiello, a man of many talents. You know him as the voice of Gulfstream Park, but I, I, I know him as a, a rather pleasant individual. It's also one heck of a handicapper, as you can hear from his comments already. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to take a look first at the Fort Lauderdale, because there's a lot to talk about this race. And then we're going to go on. We should have time to cover the grade three Hell's Hope. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? 
Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me is none other than Pete Aiello. Uh, the voice of Gulfstream Park, and he's going to get to see some unbelievable racing over the weeks ahead. Uh, Pete, uh, took a look at uh, the, the Fort Lauderdale. It's going to be a grade two, hopefully a mile and a 16th on the turf. And I looked down, I saw heart to heart, and I thought, oh, my God, there's not going to be much to talk about in here. How can they beat this horse? Uh, you know, this horse, I remember that we handicapped your card. The last time when this horse ran in the El Prado, which was one of the, quote, $100,000 minor stakes that you put out that day. I think you had three graded stakes races that day. So, you know, I'm thinking, well, I'm just get paid. Drew the rail has the speed. But then I started looking at some of these other horses, and uh, he's no one to f- five in here. No, he's not. I mean, he is the defending champion. He's never tasted defeat over this course. But he had to work hard last time out, and he did that at the seven-and-a-half long trip. Now he's got to get some more ground, and at least in my view, he's got some horses that will not let him get away early, namely number three, Diamond Bachelor. Diamond Bachelor might be the sacrificial lamb in here, but he will not let heart-to-heart on a lonely lead. And the other facet to that that I always find interesting, handicapping races, is that the jockey's natural tendency is not to do what he has to do on heart-to-heart. Julian Leparu is not a guy that sends horses out of there, but he's going to have to with a rail draw and the horse that everyone's going to be gunning for. Absolutely, and you got an interesting uh, rematch here in Luke's Alley that ran second to heart-to-heart in this race last year, was only beaten uh, a half-length while stalking her all the way around, uh, comes into this race. Uh, sad to say, uh, you know, obviously got a little hitch in its get-along, only had uh, three starts in 2016. Uh, we'll see how Josie Carroll has brought this horse back because uh, when Luke's alley's going right, I mean, he's got the ability to spit out 100-plus uh, buyers and, and has proven it several times. Another horse I find very interesting and, quite frankly, I will be rooting for for personal reasons is Diversadero, I believe you'll pronounce it. And, uh, you know, this horse, you know, ran last year in the, in the Turf Classic. Buff Bradley's just a great, great guy. Obviously, another horse that, uh, that, that ran into some problems has not been out since June in the Grade 1 Manhattan. Uh, after, after winning the Grade 1 Turf Classic, he's sticking with Edgar Prado. Um, Buff Bradley doesn't put horses in just to watch him run in a circle. I, I think he might have this horse ready and could be another threat to heart-to-heart. Well, he schooled in the paddock last week at Gulfstream Park, and I uh, couldn't, could tell you this. There's not a horse that looks more like a big-time real, real racehorse than Divisadero. And uh, if, he, if he runs as good as he looked last week, they might, uh, they might have some problems with him in the stretch. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, only nine lifetime starts, earning of 718000 It looks like Buff is maybe backed into another brass hat. Yeah, I think so. Let me give some airtime to a horse, John, that I have to make a case for, and I think that I don't know what he is on the morning line. I printed my form without morning line, so you can tell me, me after I get done no, putting the horse I, over. I don't have the odds. Okay. I don't. 
Well, let's just look at it from uh, from the standpoint of ability. I'm talking about the two-horse night prowler for trainer Chad Brown. Now, yes. just do yourself a favor when you're looking at the form. Draw a line through his race in August of 2015 at Saratoga. Something obviously went wrong that day, or he wouldn't have been laid up for over a year. Now you'll have to draw a line through his race off of a, a year layoff. If you draw a line through those two races, you're looking at a horse that literally, John, has never run a bad race in his life. He's coming off a third-place run while racing at Aqueduct. He won two starts ago at Belmont. Is he a cut below these horses? I don't know. He has two triple-digit buyers staring me in the face, and Javier Castellano gets along with him. And the proverbial cherry on top is that he is a course winner. Yes, and it looks like uh, our friend Chad Brown's not having a bad meet. Uh, uh, so far, 21 starts, six wins, three seconds and a third. He's winning almost 30% of his races, Pete. Yeah, and he's going to continue to just improve on that scenario because, speaking candidly, I don't think he's fired the big bullets at the targets yet. Um, I've talked to a couple other guys about this race, and uh, a name that seems to keep popping up is this, you tell me how you're going to say it, Macagon. Uh, the horse comes out of the Bill Mott barn now, uh, Was has had several other trainers, uh, but of course, Mott, he's not in the Hall of Fame uh, just because he uh, has a house at Saratoga Springs. Uh, this horse back in November, now this was at, at Aqueduct, but uh, uh, put it in a 104 buyer, and that's, again, right after being switched to the barn of Bill Mott, that was the Artie Schiller $150,000 race. Uh, what's your read on this horse? Because, man, does he love the grass. 22 starts, seven wins, three seconds, and four-thirds. Well, it's an interesting scenario because it certainly seems to me like this horse catches a lot of turf courses that have moisture in them, and sometimes he seems to really like it, and sometimes he doesn't seem to really like it. But if you look at his best races in his life, he has two races over the Aqueduct turf course that are by far better than anybody else. That's an interesting configuration to that course. And then another race that was really, really good on form, well, guess what? That was at Aqueduct as well. So I think he might be an Aqueduct specialist, but uh, Bill Mott, uh, you know, you don't really know, but for me, I, I would try to beat this horse unless it happens to pour rain. Well, again, you know, <clears throat> shopping around for a price and some horses to put underneath. But again, my my, I was immediately drawn to heart to heart, thinking, oh, he's a runaway winner. But uh, there's some great competition, of course. I love seeing a fuller field. It's going to be the tenth race at Gulfstream Park, the Fort Lauderdale. Okay, well, we're going to pull up here the uh, the Hell's Hope, and of course, uh, my my. my printer crapped out on me so but i was just missing one horse but as it turns out it's one of the ones i think you've got to uh give consideration to and that is the four horse realm uh barkley tag coming out of the cigar mile at aqueduct uh but uh interesting horse uh, tommy macho kind of a comeback kid uh put in a uh a 103 buyer in the Fred Hooper, and then I guess came out of that race with knee chips uh, and has only had two starts since. But uh, obviously, Todd Pletcher wouldn't be putting the horse in the race unless he thought he had a good shot. Uh, it'd be n nice to see a comeback like that. 
Yeah, and exactly what you said is exactly the case. Pletcher doesn't put them on the track if they're not ready. And Pletcher has a very, very big knack, uh, knack for reversing horses' forms if they come to South Florida. So I wouldn't hold his races at Laurel and Belmont against him. Uh, but before we run out of airtime, and just in case we are going to run out of airtime, I want to give some, some of the listeners something that, that's not readily available to you in the racing form. And it pertains to a horse who got a triple-digit buyer last time out, Dolphus, for trainer Joe Sharp. He won last time by nine lengths. That was in the slot. But please, do yourself a favor and go back and watch that replay. If you don't have access to replays, I'll tell you the story instead. Leaving please the do. starting gate, there was... There was a big-time problem leaving the starting gate in that particular race last time out. A horse actually broke the starting gate open early and then proceeded to make a left-hand turn, eliminating pretty much everybody in the center gates. There were a lot of horses that had a ton of trouble that day, and Dolphus was not one of them because he had an outside gate and he had the path paid for. And so I would uh, not be too enamored with that last win. I think there were a lot of factors as to why he ran so well. Well, one of them might be the fact that Joe Sharp put blinkers on for the first time. Yeah, I mean, see, that's the thing. You look and see, and, oh, he had blinkers. He'd never been on the slot before. Uh, all these things you know, made him perform really well. That could be true, but it also could be that he just got left on a lonely lead. And the key contenders in that race, namely a horse of Todd Pletcher's named J.S. Bach, he was eliminated at the start, so he was trying to play catch-up the whole way. I think that's the reason why he won by nine. I will not dispute that he was going to win anyway, but I don't think he was going to win by nine and earn a hundred figure. Well, Pete, we got about a minute to close out the show. I just want to know, are, are you going to try to sneak in the back door of the Eclipse Awards? Not am I going to I'm going to have to come in the front door, I think. I've actually been working on that with uh, our team down here at Coldstream Park, M-E-N-T-R-A. Um, whether you like it or not, you'll be hearing a lot of my voice at the Eclipse Awards. So if you don't like my voice, I guess I have to apologize in advance. <laughs> Pete, I like your voice, or I wouldn't call you up so much to uh, join us here on Winning Ponies. Well, listen, my friend, keep your sunny side up. I know things are going very good for you on several levels. I'm sure there's a uh, a part of you that's extremely excited to be calling the richest race in North American history coming up. I uh, probably won't bother you that week. I'll see if I can't find another handicapper, but it's always great to hear you, and I, I love to listen to your analysis of, of, of the races at Gulfstream and uh, just uh, wishing you nothing but the best of luck. Maybe you could put me in touch with some of those good looking girls you work with. I think we can probably handle that, but it is always a pleasure talking to you, John, both on and off the air. All right. We've been talking with Pete Aiello. I want to thank him so much for taking his time. I know he's a busy man right now, especially with his Eclipse Award duties. Also want to thank Ray Pollock. He'll probably be at the Eclipse Awards too. So stay tied on because we're coming up to some uh, big events in the Eclipse Awards and the, the biggest race, the Pegasus. Okay, well, uh, for Winning Ponies, I'm John Engelhart. I uh, want to thank uh, our producer, Matt Widener, and our guest, and you, our listeners. Remember, if you like the show and you know a friend that didn't get a chance to listen to it, just go to winningponies.com. They're all on podcast. Also, you can pull down your easy win forms and go home a big winner. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.